0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, uh, and joining me, as always, from Nashville, Patrick Anderson. Me? How's it going? You know how it's
1: going. <laughs> yeah. We I, together. We know how,
0: you know how it's going. We, we did hang out last night in St. Louis, a couple of mm-hmm. STLians living it up. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great time. I was tired at work today. But other than that, awesome time.
1: Um, yeah, that was fun.
0: Yeah. And, you know, only the two of us were there, you know, of this podcast. But there is someone else on this podcast right now. Hey. 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 Who? Uh, you might remember him from our XX podcast, the ICU podcast.
1: Oh, I do remember that.
0: I would hope so. <laughs> uh, I, I remember <laughs> Dude, that. Dude, would <watch> you had? What? <laughs> Oh, Josh Sellers, everybody, Josh Sellers is here. Um, just real quick before we get into Fleet Foxes, do, do you guys? I haven't listened to that XX album ever since we did that. Are you? Are you guys still, still listening to XX? Time to time. Okay. Okay.
1: I've I've listened to it. I've listened to it like just to see if my opinions changed about it. And like any any time Replica comes on on like a song shuffle or something like that, I'll usually listen to that because I love the song. But I haven't really I li- I haven't really like thought like, oh, I need to listen to that new XEC because I'm feeling like it.
2: They are coming to Nashville October fourth,
0: yeah, I believe, yeah. so
1: check it out. That's the thing. I
0: would I would the see them live, but I yeah. haven't gone back to this album as much as yeah. I thought I would. Oh
1: yeah, they, they, they did release their uh their deluxe and everything on uh recently on digital too.
0: Oh yeah, um, isn't like Drake on it?
1: What? Yeah, they sampled Drake. Oh, they sampled
0: Hawk. Drake. Okay. They
1: sampled Drake on, yeah. on a song on, on there. No kidding. So. Okay. Good to be back, though. Thanks for having me, guys. Anyway. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. Always glad to have Josh. Um, this time, though, we're talking about one of our favorite bands, Fleet mm-hmm. Foxes. They're back. Uh, their new album, Crack Up, came out just a couple weeks ago, like June 16th.
2: Yeah, my dad's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty, hey, pretty go? excited.
0: Your dad listens to the Fleet Foxes?
2: dad's a big... Uh, no, no. It was REO Speedwagon. Oh. <laughs> right. a little
0: different. All right. So here's a little bit of background on Fleet Foxes, for those who don't know. Uh, they're this indie folk band from Seattle. Um, obviously, there's a lot of members in the band, but the most focal member is the <laughs> singer-songwriter, frontman Robin Pecknold. Um, the group is typically praised for their just gargantuan like gorgeous harmonies and their lyricism is pretty well praised um as well um you know crack up is their third studio album and their first one after a six-year hiatus uh their first couple of albums uh the self-titled one in 2008 and helplessness blues in 2011 uh both garnered mass critical acclaim um, and while this one's getting a lot of critical acclaim as well, it seems to be the most polarizing album in their discography to this point. Um, 2017 uh, just to me personally has been a year full of polarizing albums, so it's kind of it's good for a podcast to have all these polarizing albums to talk about. Um, but yeah, yeah. Jo- Josh Patrick and I, uh, we all we've seen Fleet Foxes together at a, you know in St. Louis. Um, They're one of our favorite bands. Um, You know, we all got into them in high school. Uh, So I've been pretty excited to do this podcast just because of all of that. Um, So, yeah, Josh, just what did you think, I guess, just overall on Crack Up?
2: Well, it's like you said, it's been a long time. You know, it's uh, like, where have they been? Like, where are they now? Somewhat situation. Because we were in high school when we saw that show. Mm-hmm. And Father John Misty was still a part of the act at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so, his last year. So you only can imagine what I, cool. I have
1: a question on that first. Sure. And I don't know if you know or if you know, Will. Mm-hmm. But uh, was he just a part of that band for the Helplessness Blues era?
0: I think uh, it, it, he joined slightly after the recordings for their first album. So uh, he might but have, yeah.
1: Okay. But yeah, because I, <clears throat> I knew he wasn't like an original member for him. But I knew he'd been with them for quite a long time. And right. I didn't know if he was just Helplessness
2: Blues era. I didn't realize that either. But I I did see at that show like he had his own albums yeah. for sale at the merch booth. I'm like, oh, he, this guy well, has he, like
1: big soul on He career. went as J. he was Jay Tillman for a long time. Oh, he he, yeah. st- he did that for like a lot a long time before he did
2: he developed the uh, Father John Misty comic. Mm-hmm. Like, the man, the myth, the legend.
0: Yep. Uh so wait, where were we?
2: So anyway oh, yeah. i was at the point <laughs> yeah um, sorry you have to imagine like six years off like what's going on you know as far as like the creativeness uh the direction obviously and as you've said this is a very polarizing album um many critics have even named it the most complex mm-hmm. of the three recorded albums and that's i think a pretty popular opinion mm-hmm. um even you could you could tell like the lengths of the tracks even are a little different um a little i think it's a much more subversive mm. listening experience compared to the first two albums it's harder to sing along to the songs that's something i you know we mentioned the harmonies that's something they've always been known for and the first two albums are so rich and so good just hits the spot and the lyrics as well um you see bits and pieces of that lyricism in this album uh for example in cassius i really uh, guns for hire let out fire like that's that's really good Like the, the right off the bat the songs get well um but like initially you can feel the complexity from the first rec- the first song um throughout the entire album um something else that struck me differently was just like how they named the tracks so you have a lot of like mm-hmm. combo titles like i'm yeah <laughs> i am all that i need slash. Areo Seco slash Thumbprint Scar. It's kind of yeah. like uh, looking at a Sufjan track list or, yeah. <laughs> dare I say, like <laughs> Fallout Boy or can I Get the Disco. <laughs> it's like six-part track to one song. But um, I don't know. I think the submersiveness, the submersive track experience, um, it's something they've always been capable of. Um, but I think they've tried to keep it shorter for just like the sake of recording, being a smaller indie group at the time and just keeping things simple you know they're a folk band but not your average folk band um also it's just not as of a not a campy as an album as especially the first one i mean Mm. the first two albums are so like i want to use the word whimsical as far as like you feel like you're reading a fairy tale at some points just like the wording they use yeah it's super they're they're like super traditionally folky yeah yeah super in that sense like a pete seeger song um but no, I, I, I think that allows them to like feed each track into the next one, um, which is something they have done a few times before, but this is like very common on this record. Like uh, the first two tracks feed into each other. And I like, I like when music does that, especially mm-hmm. in bulk. Um, but I think it grabs your attention. And in the middle of tracks, they'll break away. They're not afraid to do that anymore. I don't think they're afraid to really do anything different at this point, as they've you know, they been playing music for a decade now, even with uh, new members coming in and out. But they're just one of the most talented bands I've yeah. ever heard or seen live. I mean, each member of this group can play at least three or four instruments. Yeah, that's a big thing, too. They sound so much bigger than they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even their takeaway show—if anyone listening has seen it before—they mm-hmm. do like Blue Ridge Mountains and yeah, nice. like Rotunda in Paris. That's, that's throwing it back to. It is throwing it back, but it's just uh, one example I could say, um, just displaying the level of talent this band possesses. But um, I don't know. I feel like they've matured, mm. but in a good way. They're—they're they're not like dragging on and like sound like the same old flea foxes. They're experimenting, which is good for folk especially. Um, and they're single. I think they picked the right singles too. Third of May and o- Odigahara. Just say pronounce it by the way. It's a mountain range in Japan. Mm-hmm. I've come yep. of learned. Yeah. But um, for anyone still questioning that information, that's what that is. But um, that's just like super throwback Fleet Foxes. I think as far as the the harmony build and the lyrics, it just sounds like good old Fleet Foxes. But well, you can you can still get a taste of the complexity of this album with that as well. How the song breaks in the middle and kind of shifts gears, you see that a lot in this album, um, especially with uh, the first track. Especially, you hear like at one point a swing door and footsteps yeah. and him humming, and yeah. then it breaks into like a huge, huge yeah. breakaway of strings and, and drums and percussion. They do that. They do that
1: all over the place on this on the on uh, on this record. Mm-hmm. And like I. I really like it. I really like that they like committed to that thing because it's like they they bring back the uh, the the um the new like every all this massive stuff that they had this new massive stuff that they had coming and then they just like cut it out really quickly for Robin Pecknell to sing like he's like really quiet moments. I think they mm-hmm. really that, and they do it all over the place too. So I so it like makes it more of like a creative decision. Yeah. Uh, like a like a committed creative decision instead of uh just something that they did
2: on the first track exactly Uh, it's a much more edgier album i would say for Mm -hmm. folk as a genre and for them as a band
1: yeah that's that's the biggest thing that i got was like for a folk record this thing is ambitious as fuck yeah
2: they don't give a shit
1: so this is like i've i've never heard of and that's what i respect most about this record is like how because it is polarizing, but it's so ambitious, and for folk, and it's still definitely a folk record. It's mm-hmm. distinctly a folk record, but, but it's it still—it's
0: like, still Fleet it, Foxes too. I mean, yeah, it's wanna... still
1: distinctly Fleet Foxes too, but they blend in like so many m- new instrumentals, so much more personal and like sometimes political lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, into here, and um, yeah, like it's it it like pushes. It pushes the genre of folk a little bit, like pushes against it a little bit, and that doesn't happen a lot in the world of folk music. It's it's like stagnates, and that's why folk artists, like, you know, sometimes just have like very short careers. Yeah, they slip through the cracks so easily because yeah, else just, you listen to. because they right. stagnate. It's not a very yeah, they've big, always been unique. It's a it's a good it's a nice and it, it's a it's a great lyrical genre and it has a lot of like amazing philosophers that go through it mm-hmm. but like not a lot of people do this. not a lot of people like push back against it musically right like rebelliousness like it typically <laughs> ends up like with a Mumford and Sons story
2: mm-hmm. where
1: yeah, yeah. where they're where they they have all the talent and they put out these couple of this this one record that's really good and this other record that's pretty good not at, you know, it's like you can see it at, like falling apart, and then after that it's just like, now they're forgotten for the most part.
0: Yeah. Right. well I was,
2: or, I, or, or be, oh, ahead, well I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say, like, uh, regarding I guess modern folk, uh, just in general, um, I tend to hear most folk now you know, at your local Starbucks or your yeah. local indie coffee house. Because that's the yeah. type of music, like, very safe, it's acoustic... Smart- you know folk music or pop folk or whatever this album yeah. you could not play it like a starbucks you know no. this is this is the most experimental folk album i've heard since like uh the microphones like the glow part two uh in early 2000s you know, phil elverham he's a, yeah. a very That's ambitious nice. songwriter um but i i think i'm in agreement with you guys that obviously this is their most ambitious work um and not only do like some of the tracks lead into the others, but the songs will just t- change direction, just like like that. Just down. all yeah. all of a they, sudden, it's a new song or like a new direction in the song, and that only doesn't work a couple of times for me. For the most part, I think it's very intriguing and exciting and entertaining.
2: Yeah, crack up. If you want to throw one example out mm-hmm. there, which is one of the longer tracks at like six twenty four. It's like the second and third longest track on the record. Yeah. And that shit. I felt like I was listening to like the end of like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely mm-hmm. Arts book. Mm-hmm. Or like Strawberry Feels Forever. Yeah. Like they're just like like it's not going really anywhere, but then the middle part, you just get a bunch of bass brass building up and then you're just like in the middle of an acid trip. Yeah. But like in Vermont on a camping trip. Money. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like we said earlier, like folk is so easily thrown aside as background music for a cafe setting, but these guys just like poured the kerosene on the fire and mm. just watched mm. it happen, you know. They they yeah the I
1: they showcase their talent like their musical talent with mm. with all of that so well on here like all of the, all of the shifts in. In uh, style, but like still being able to keep
2: like an overall theme. Yeah, you're not tripping over yourself. It's not yeah, too choppy. They're either. not. It makes sense as it ships.
1: It's less like, like kind of how the, it's le- like the ideas that are presented on here are like, like it feels like what Bony Ver was trying to do mm-hmm. basically with, with his latest record or with their latest record. You know what I mean? Like they had the ambition and the ideas there on that, but they didn't flush it out as well as they could have. And this one feels like they, they took the time, they took so much time and care. Like you can tell like every, this is like, it's so detailed and the production throughout the whole thing is so gorgeous. It's a very finesse. Yeah. Mm Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that Boney Bear comparison, um, the difference I would say is, and it's in agreement with you. Um, the boneyard 22 a million a record i thought was underwritten uh, from a songwriting standpoint um yeah. whereas the songs on here are very well written and if anything you could make the argument that a couple of them are overwritten but there's rarely yeah, I, a moment that feels underwritten or anything like that
2: <laughs> yeah yeah some yeah, songs put me yeah, to sleep yeah, on this record i will be i will be honest mm, okay i think there's usually like one or two tracks on any album or ep that they have like what like like, I the older ones. No, which one? on this you one? Sleep on here. Yeah. Crack up actually, the beginning of it, which is hilarious because it's the it's the title track. <laughs> but like the first, I in the first listen through that, I was like, okay, I'm bored now. Like uh, I mean, where is this really going? Kind of like how I felt about Oliver James initially, as a young listener, like experimenting with folk. Like, but I mean, it does build up, and I think that's kind of like maybe a purpose for that kind of. Um, songwriting you know just to like we'll bring you through the lyrics if you're listening pay attention to the lyrics and like you'll get it but like if you're not we're gonna throw a cold bucket of water on your face with the brass and build (laughs) it up to this um what other songs did i for?
1: well everything feels a little bit more intentional than that on here though like it doesn't feel like they're like they're not they're not trying to just like 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 preach to people and then be like, oh, if you weren't listening, here's some pretty production so that you'll well, come yeah. back in and listen. Right. These all,
2: that's not their intention. All
1: the, but all the, all the production on here and all the lyrics feel very intentional. Like this, I mean, this whole thing is very detailed. I don't think that they're, hmm. they're not, they're not doing it from that
2: standpoint. I don't think that's their intention, but I'm just saying like from the average listener that doesn't really like, I've never listened to Fleet Foxes before in my life. I found this record at the store. I'm going to try it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm not yeah. saying, that's like we're going to put this build in the end, just in case. Like they, the, like it's a unique, it's a unique uh, strategy, but like just listening to
1: it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really pay attention. You're saying that you wouldn't pay attention to that song had it not been for the if end. If it had it not, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, okay. roundabout way. <laughs> Long <laughs> well, story short. Well, I thought you were saying that, like you felt like they did that intentionally. No sir, no, yeah. yeah
0: i think regarding your point about the level of intention and the level of uh detail regarding this album two really quick points off of that um the first being the lyrical aspects uh if you listen to this album and then i tell you that you know robin pecknold recently studied at columbia and took a bunch of like english and literature classes i don't think anybody would be surprised just based off of the, the the concepts the titles the lyrics um, very uh, i guess a, a ton of illusions, a lot of literary devices literary references yeah. um, but yeah. i think the more important detail to my you know, i guess my second point just the subtlety in the instrumentation i think is frequently brilliant um i was listening to the song exploder podcast a uh, shout out to them they bring on an artist to talk about you know one of their new songs uh, they recently had an episode on Mayor Kstapa. Uh, they brought on Robin Pecknold, and he broke down just each instrumental layer of that track: the acoustic bass, yeah. uh, the harpsichord. That doesn't really sound like a harpsichord. I think just hearing it from that perspective, just that songwriting perspective of, oh, this is exactly the ingredient we need to add to add more detail, more density. I think it's just. I think it pays off very well, just consistently yeah. throughout the project.
1: Yeah, well, and, more and, better than a And to the and to the like the lyrics too. Like in that same song, it's like the two lines in the air, like the beginning. That's that same that same uh, lyric. Like he he's referencing he's referencing like the instrumentals that he chose with that mm. too. Mm-hmm. Like everything everything about that that's what I mean like with this level of detail like and the and the time and the care like what you said like I mean he took time off they weren't just messing around and just like bored and thinking about stuff I mean he was taking classes mm-hmm. and 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 like actually studying <clears throat> and and like he may not have even gone back to music so that's like that's the level of commitment that I see with this record and I think it, it like it, it's it's pulled off. You can tell, like they 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 pulled it off in such a thoughtful way. I think, at least. I
2: think he's studied a lot of ancient Roman history as well on side. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he has references
2: to Cassius all, all over the place. place. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I, wanna I talk, like that. I want to talk about Cassius real Maybe quick. History and stuff too. I don't know. Oh, Cassius was my like sleeper track on this record for sure.
0: Like sleeper, is it another one that made you go to sleep or like a or like a, a sleeper hit?
2: Sleeper hit. Like okay. kind of snuck up on me. I wasn't expecting it to be like. As good as it was? Yeah. Like, a few listens in, I was like, I was... Like, I mentioned it earlier um, regarding the lyrics.
0: Mm-hmm. That's... Alone. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I wanted to focus on, is just this whole concept yeah. of Cassius meaning, you know, not only referring to Cassius, like, the Roman senator, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously involved with, you know, Julius Caesar's, you know, stabbing and all of that. Right. Um, but also Cassius Clay, you know, Muhammad yeah. Ali, and mm-hmm. how he connects Muhammad Ali's death to a month later the the killing of Alton Sterling uh, as a result of police brutality the way he tied all of that together in like a three minute track it's one of the shorter ones on here um yeah but I, I thought that was just, just real quickly that was just like my lyrical my number one I guess lyrical highlight regard uh, on this project but that's my favorite I think I think so. Uh, I mean, it's the lyrics are great throughout. Uh, the lyrics it's, on it's,
1: mine, it's one of mine too. Yeah. That's that's definitely one of the best crafted,
2: yeah, um, like instances of lyrics on this. On this band. It stuck out to me first uh, initially on the first listen through. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think uh, yeah. another couple songs with lyrical highlights. I'd say, uh, I should see Memphis. Uh, yeah, that's
2: uh, that's my favorite track. I think that's that was, an unbelievable that's song. song that's yes. my favorite
1: instance of lyric of lyric work
2: mm-hmm. so, like
1: the double the double meaning behind everything in there mm-hmm. that he had that that he has like just I like yeah like every every that's there's an, and it's short or the lyrics it's themselves there's not a lot of lyrics in that song right no because like every line that he gives is just like a couple words, really. But it's
2: it's very but bluesy. It's, it's yeah, yeah it's, the, tone, the tone's different than what they're yeah, used to it's playing.
1: Yeah, so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most interesting uh, uh, instrumental songs that's on that's on this record. Like, let alone the I the, the, the Egyptian. Uh, instrumentals and with paired with the mm. folky instrumentals and everything, and then like tying into the to the double meaning behind Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm.
2: and Memphis, Egypt. Yes, and yeah, it, yeah. yeah, and just little snippets like you know I should see Memphis, she sees it my way. Mm. Like that's folky I like, that's, that's like yeah. some, that's some like okay. Jim Croce shit, man. Come okay. on, like since we're talking about that, I
1: I wanted to I wanted to mention that because Genius had an amazing annotation on this on this uh on this part right there the the osiris osiris sees it my way that part Mm -hmm. or whatever so um they they're they're talking about like the i should see memphis line is like um pairs with the 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 idea of this whole record which is like kind of a nomadic like traveling feel Mm -hmm. and like you know it has all these cultures and he's trying to get he's trying to gain more perspective on the world and like and 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 go to these places that have like deep historic ancient meaning things like that but it also and this is the the annotation that that they mentioned is that after the election a lot of the the realization that a lot of liberals had is hmm. that they should see more of rural america hmm. so that because oh. they because of the the surprise of the Trump election, and then just like this whole upbringing of, of period. yeah, of rural America, and so it like it brings that like idea of like I should see mm. this part of the country that I haven't.
0: That's pretty actually, right. I
1: thought that that was like a, an amazing annotation that 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 they pointed out on there. I'm surprised they haven't been to Memphis before. at least a show. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that they've been to Memphis. That's not the point.
0: Of of no, <laughs> I don't. Know, I know. Uh, so I will say, though, with this song, I think it's, I mean, it, I think it's, uh, for all of us, I think it's one of our favorite tracks. But at the same time, I think it's kind of funny, because I think it's arguably the song on here that's least resemblant of any of their earlier material.
2: I agree yeah, completely. Yep.
0: Yeah, and with the song, uh, Patch, uh, Patrick, I got... Patrick. I got with a, the song
1: Patrick. With, I didn't no, know they had a song called Patrick with, on with the, with their,
0: it's a it's a, It's called Patrick Castadeas or something like that. I don't know. He made it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: but, Slash of Diahara.
0: But this song, um, did it give you the same vibe right. I got? I think this song is sort of their answer to how to disappear completely. Like Are you talking about Iads? No, I'm talking about I should see Memphis.
1: Oh, okay. oh, I should zoom yeah. You said you said Cassidy's, and I thought you said that uh, that you're talking, talking about. I that. want to talk about that track too because that was such a good. Song. You mean like with the like kind of the, Just the, the the down tempo and the mystery of it.
0: Yeah, like the ambiance of it. I that. Yeah, that, I got a I got a How to Disappear Completely you know, Radiohead vibe from that. Mm. I could see that. Yeah, the
1: difference that I get with that is that like that's the like that that tied in with Kid A is like. It's <laughs> uh, like it's like the 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 peak of uh, like the whole like the the whole like style of disparity in that album.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this one, I mean, this is less conceptual than Kid A, so. All right. But as a track, I can see the comparison.
0: Yeah, that's just strictly off of mostly off. Yeah, of this as, as a track,
1: I can see the comparison because it does have that kind of like those those high strings. That are that are really like haunting, and uh, and it's got yeah and and and
2: uh... I mean you're just comparing blue construction paper to an aquarium. Right
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Will, what, do, what are you, what are we doing? Right now? Not... Seriously, <laughs> man, come on.
0: The experience and emotions tied to listening to "I Should See Memphis" are like.
1: I got there.
2: We
1: should have just done this review, just like pairing in uh we should have just quoted the whole kid in a pitch review. Work review and just paired in like crack up and and song and track names where they needed to <laughs> 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 i've never seen a shooting star before
2: so it, it, josh <laughs> you want josh Miracle you wanted to birth is just comparable to fool's errand
0: <laughs> fool's errand fucking fool's errand
2: good track though Oh,
0: you you said you wanted to talk about Naiad or whatever it is. No,
1: I thought I thought you were I thought you said
2: something about Naiad. I do want to talk about it though. We can talk about Naiad. The harmonies are fantastic. In this mm-hmm. sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, harmonies you get me. like just like that it slows in tempo. And yeah, yeah, I yeah, mm-hmm. I love that part about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's so that's classic Fox Man. Like, you, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you hear that and you like you feel that tingle down your spine. Like, oh, I'm back. I'm back.
0: <laughs> that is woodland split
2: foxes. Because the first time you listen to these guys, and if you appreciate a good harmony from any group of any genre, like you'll fall in love with this band. It's easy to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they this powerful, is like the this is, this is like the first instance of uh, of real. I mean, like you kind of hear it here and there throughout the tracks, the couple tracks before it. But this is the first real instance of. Uh,
2: falling back in love of of Fleet Foxes as we've known them, their best self. I
0: think as. it's yeah. I think it's uh because this is maybe the first track <laughs> on here that's vocally <laughs> driven.
2: That's yeah.
1: That's vocally driven. Yeah, just also, the, okay. The, again yeah, again yeah, with yeah. the mythological references too on this.
0: Oh, to like the the water nymphs. Or, yeah, yeah. And
1: everything like this. Uh, the whole that uh, the whole style behind this is it it's it's like so cold like worldly it doesn't feel like a folk album anymore mm. because folk albums feel like kind of like they have this home base feel to them like yeah. they're specific to certain
2: locations yeah. almost johnson and evelyn get tired
1: yeah right like like uh like the fleet foxes even their first album felt like and like it was born out of bluegrass Bob Dylan stuff. Like Appalachian. Like the Appalachian yeah. Mountains or something like that. Like it wouldn't work in the desert or something. Like they're they're almost like they're almost like tied to locations. Yeah. And this one you can sell this in Europe. they got they they and they and they tie in like they tie in references from mythology, from all sorts of different parts of the world, yeah. from Rome, from Egypt. Current events thing uh, <laughs> instrumental styles from japan yeah like it's it's that that's one thing that i absolutely love about this thing is is how worldly it is yeah
0: we went from blue ridge mountains to mount odaigahara like yeah right yeah
1: exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that that track i wanted to talk about Uh because not only i mean it's the first single so it's this here's the return of fleet foxes Mm -hmm. and it's this eight and a half minute just yeah, dude. epic. What? Like, I so mean, third third of May is very traditional Fleet Foxes for the most part vocally. Yeah, but then oh, halfway yeah. through the song, once the I guess the Odaigahara part kicks in, <laughs> it's like, who is this band? <laughs> like, and what are they doing? But overall, I this is one of the best songs I've heard all year. Right, I think it's like a great.
2: Uh first taste of like the whole album it's like, a it's a good way to splash like, into we're it we're still the fleet foxes but we're really trying to do other stuff yeah like, it's a yeah. good sampling of the album as a whole. yeah they showed their ambition on here but mm-hmm. it's like in a full in a short eight minutes and 45 seconds <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that's a good point because they easily could have just done a song that's more typical fleet foxes or they could have done a song like i should see memphis that's not even close but I mm-hmm. guess if you want to, for a lead single, you want to be somewhat familiar, but still your have your, yeah, but still have the fans thinking like you're doing something
2: new with your project. So, and maybe yeah. have some new listeners along the way as well. Exactly, sure exactly. It's always trying to do. It's a business.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, because I mean that makes a ton of sense. Because I think I've seen a lot of people who dismissed some of Fleet Fox's earlier work for being. Too simple, or like you said earlier, too campy. But yeah. this is just, it, again, still very Fleet Foxes. But it'll attract, I think, an entirely, maybe not an entirely di- different demographic, but some well, sort of new demographic. It'll
1: attract. It'll attract people that previously might have had some interest in in them, but not. But like like you said, the people that thought they were too simple before. I think that this is the kind of stuff that will that that will attract that crowd, the people right. that want a little bit more. People to push the envelope a little bit more, right?
2: Because like, think that's about what it. this is for. Like, White Water Heaven had like what one verse, right? Right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. Right. But, yeah.
2: It was the. It's the charm of that that right. song
1: and everything. That's 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 what that Sweet Foxes is. It's, this is not the same. It's the. Not it's the. It's like the that that's like the gorgeous harmonies and the charm of the song and everything and the instruments, about it. The depth of the percussion. Yeah. Right. And but this is like. Really creatively interesting stuff. Yeah, it's intellectual. This shit, is this shit. is yeah. This this is stuff that's that you can discuss on a podcast for an hour. And a half. <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: yeah, this is like if their earlier stuff was rubber soul. This is like you mentioned earlier, kind of like Sgt. Pepper. White like, album. Yeah, white <laughs> album. Yeah, any yeah. of that. Like this is yeah, just. Uh, yeah, that's
2: I I some Honey pie and some Revolution Number Nine going on. This. <laughs>
0: I forget how some how bad some of those tracks are on there. Wow, but, yeah. Um, I had a question you for mean you guys. How
1: incredible! You must not get them yet, man. Yeah, oh, man. yeah.
0: A Warm gun. That's a great song. I actually love that. That's the best one. <laughs> That's my favorite song. just named like the best song. <laughs> like that. I I had a I had a two part question for both of you, yeah. um, and it was <laughs> this <laughs> question <laughs> I was thinking of in my mind just as I was listening to it. Is this album pretentious? And if so, does it matter that it's pretentious? I
1: think it. I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's definitely subjected. It can be subjected to a lot of pretentious thoughts because there's a lot to unpack here, and there's a lot of there. There are a good amount of political things in here, and a good amount of, uh, but but it's also it's also very like honest. And self-reflective. At the same time, so I like I don't I don't get as much of the of the pretension around here. It, it feels a lot more creative than, than and that's always what I've gotten from Fleet Foxes. Like they feel less. Father John Misty has that's pretension. the pretension. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never felt like
2: Fleet Foxes were a pretentious fan to begin with. I always thought they were like... I
1: think they have pretentious fans.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, good God,
1: yes. Yeah, I think they, <laughs> definitely, they definitely have pretentious fans, but, like, I don't... I mean, like, there's not a ton here that's, like... There's some very artsy stuff on here, and, like, like there's, like... <laughs> I don't, like, there's a lot of, like... definitely feels like definitely very traditional, like... Po- poetry and um, like things that a pretentious crowd would be naturally drawn to but it right. doesn't feel like it's Cause, on that same cause, it doesn't feel like self-indulgent like what like what certain amounts
2: of if uh, you're, pretension if you're, are if you're a good songwriter in 2017 you're gonna be a magnet for some pretentious audience just because it's what they like. Like, a, like you can write a song and your studio company didn't write it for you like it for you, you know yeah but I think like instrumentally that's been a big reason why I've never really been like they've always been a very they've always honored folk in an instrumental way and I never really think that like made them pretentious I think that made them like open for anyone that could appreciate wow that guy can play the shit out of you know right that instrument or this instrument or like we saw them and like I said everyone like switched instruments multiple times throughout that two hour set it was unbelievable like you gotta if you like music you have to appreciate that I don't yeah. care like where you buy your coffee
1: fuck like or so okay else. so the biggest example of this of my thought about it not being necessarily a pretentious album but maybe generating a pretentious crowd is the is the the uh, the the line on is this Nyads yeah this is Nyads the ending line or like the ending verse on Nyads which is the you're not a drift. You're not a gift. You know you're not a flower. So basically, just being just being like this, like Stay humble. like just like stop taking yourself so seriously. Mm. Stop thinking that you're this island, and you know nobody else is like you. When there are plenty of people that right. are exactly the same as you, and plenty of people that are just as creative as you, and more so. Mm. And like life is much bigger than your own head
2: yeah, right and, like, sure. and i
1: talk to people and like that might that might be a, i don't know maybe you could label that as even a pretentious way to say to, <laughs> to try to prevent make <laughs> some friends <Damn it>. pretentious. <laughs> but i i mean i i think that it's i think that it's at least like trying to push to push back on that crowd you know what i'm saying
0: yeah it, i i can never in good conscience i can't um Accuse someone of 100% pretension while at the same time uh, being the kind of guy who co hosts a music review podcast that's centered yeah. around we're, our opinions. We're walking
2: into a trap of some kind. Here. <laughs> yeah, this is. With <laughs> these, the, these well, words. We can
1: recognize it now because exactly. that's what we're we But my thing is, like, <laughs> yeah,
0: any, any music now that I think is genuinely you know, interesting or off the beaten path or just, you know, totally rejecting, um, the traditional aspects of a particular genre. I think that frequently gets labeled as pretentious and being experimental just for the sake of it. But I've kind of been thinking about the way the internet has improved our access to so many different albums, so many different artists. That if you're just doing kind of bare bones, traditional folk, you're not going to stand out and not that you ever would stand out, but you know, just you guys there
2: going to yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. You guys cut out for a split second. What? You guys just cut out for a split second, but yeah, pretty much my overall point was, yeah, there's going to be a lot more ears on you because of the internet. There's a lot more artists out there. You gotta make yourself stand out in some way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I I I, I agree with that too. Because then it's like and, and with folk, especially if you're just if you're just divulging into the same stuff mm-hmm. that that people have been doing since the fifties. Yeah, you know, like what, like you know, I that's, mean, that's that's background music. It's, that's cafe it's, music. I mean, like it's pushed. It's pushed. A little. It's definitely pushed like further than that but the concept's the same so if you're not trying to push yourself creatively past that like what are you doing what do you think is going to happen yeah. to you as a musician today yeah Who, you think that people just want to just stick with that
2: yeah like just... ever if you are this is 2017 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's all at your fingertips <laughs> and i don't know if that's cut out earlier but like i said Simon garfunkel like Art garfunkel like was really into the classical poetry, the the medieval stuff, Scarborough Fair, etc. Mm-hmm. But Paul was the musician. Paul was like, no, that's not what the people want. We're, you know, I'm more of a songwriter. I'm more into, you know, rock and blues and stuff like that. And they, even like the best duo in history couldn't make it that long for those own creative uh, directions.
0: So speaking of new creative directions, where do you think Fleet Foxes go from here?
2: Hmm.
1: I really don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: They
1: could because I couldn't have I couldn't have called. Yeah, no one could predict this album. I mean, we, we saw like a sign of it on Helplessness Blues with like the shrine.
0: I was gonna wow. make that same point. This album is like it. it the shrine, the argument, but like at times, like
1: yeah, got birthed into an entire album basically because it's right. yeah. a long song. Because that was and because that was like the first sign that we had of like oh okay I well maybe then, they yeah. want to do something a little bit less a little bit less you know a, a little bit more ambitious and a little bit less simple right because
2: even then on that album they had like the instrumental track with the cascades. Yeah, yeah, they had cascades too, which is a that's gorgeous. What, and track. That's how they opened the show we saw too. Yeah. by the way, that was a yeah, that was a great. It a great idea, but that was a great track, even though there were no lyrics, which is what they're known for. So they, uh, so they, they, they can go
1: at this point. I mean, the world, pretty much anywhere they yeah. want to. The world is their
0: burrito at this point. <laughs> uh, maybe like mumble rap or you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: They're they're gonna team up with Lil Yachty. At the, uh, yeah, after, Graham,
0: after Lil Yachty, Yachty
2: and Three
0: Foxes. Speaking I mean, of, yeah. real quick, this is, okay, so two weeks ago we did a podcast on Lil Yachty. Two <laughs> weeks two weeks before that we did the Gorillaz album. This is like yeah. the first album we've reviewed in six weeks that I actually liked, so. Yeah.
1: No, I know. This is the oh, first, God. like, positive reaction that, that we've yeah. had in since, quite
0: a long since, time. Since, like, Kendrick. Find, like, yeah. I
2: don't want to think about
0: that. <laughs> on our podcast, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm so happy, just because we get to talk about stuff we like.
2: Yeah, I'll be tuning in for the Vince Staples podcast if you do one, though.
0: Ooh, now the pressure's ooh.
2: on. Yeah, so you're just gonna drop that on us? Yeah, we might. I get what I want, kid.
0: Well, <laughs> we, we might talk about it on our next podcast.
2: Yeah, another um, group we've seen,
0: which is a a recap of the music Person. in our second quarter of 2017. So uh-huh. if we really? do talk about Vince Staples, it would be on that podcast, so. Yeah, very good. So yeah, so there's that. Um, more on Crack Up, though. Uh, sorry, I kind of took us off track. Um, it's okay, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with this podcast, you kidding me? This is all we do is get off track. <laughs> um, so Pat, Pat, what was your favorite track? Because I said mine was 3rd of May. I think Josh said Memphis. Um, yeah, I should see
1: I, I get split on this Mm -hmm. between like between a bunch of tracks because third of may is my favorite track sometimes if you need to keep time on me that's a good track too yeah that's yes that's that's one of my favorites at times too and then and then like on another ocean sometimes is my Mm -hmm. favorite Mm -hmm. yeah this (laughs) this album's got and so is i am all that i need i love that this is a
2: solid album
1: it's got it's it, solid as hell. It's one of it's one of it's one of these examples of, of, of a really great album. Mm-hmm. Because it because I I can't pin down uh like one one instance yeah. where I'm like that's no, it. No I mean third of, third of May is the clear standout track from it. Mm-hmm. I
2: was going think that it's a single.
1: Yeah. That's, I think that that's the clear standout track from it. But like like I don't like I like I like like I can't really pin down something that like for me is like oh here listen to this Mm -hmm. that's that's my favorite song from from this I there's there's a there's a a lot on here that that I that I like is the best I mean right now I think if you need to keep time on me is is probably my favorite that's awesome
2: seriously that's awesome I I, I think that's like the blue spotted tail of the song yeah I've always liked it. Or the that. Oliver Jams of the South. It's like I, it's simple. Yeah. There's like a couple lines, but like those lines hit you right in the gut. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Like, it's just like, you know, I think like that Blue or, Spotted or the Innocent Sp- Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Like Blue yeah. Spotted Tail like was just like a short and simple song, maybe like one guitar in the background picking like four or five strings like and but like those lyrics hit you in the gut yeah yeah, yeah and this album I mean, this song if you need to keep time on me like, that's all you gotta say it's like friendship like
1: yeah lean on me yeah I'm it's kind of stumped, it's a know?
2: it's a that that one like that one that one holds a lot of like how long's that song like it's pretty short yeah, yeah. i think it's maybe like three and a half four minutes long yeah. i think it's a normal song length yeah for what they're accustomed to
1: anyway but yeah i mean it's just a, this is a really good example of uh of an of a great album because because of those because at least for those reasons well you know it, what I
0: mean? and also we all really seem to enjoy this album but we all have different favorite tracks or favorite moments because honestly if you need to keep time on me while i enjoy it it's maybe one of my two least favorite on here But I was never in that. You're crazy. I know. I know. I I was. I was the guy who didn't care for the more simple, uh, just overly vocal centric. I guess you want to call them ballads. You can, but you know, just like the blue spotted tail or Oliver James, they're fine, but they're not. They don't stand out to me because what stands out to me on this record is just the really dense songwriting and all of that. And you know my favorite tra- my favorite track after Third of May would be Marek Stapa, um, and that's yeah. a prime reason of why I love this album is again just this subtle instrumentation, and then the shift at the end to this minute and a half instrumental hypnotic breakdown that sounds like if Revolver was a folk album or something like that, just <laughs> something insanely meditative and hypnotic. Yeah. i was i was completely like when it went to the next track i had to snap back into reality for a second i was like whoa what the heck just happened there but yeah but my overall point being a great record you know it it gives different people different favorite tracks but it's generally i guess well received among the fans i guess yeah if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah yeah
1: That, that that makes that makes complete sense yeah, I think that like everybody can see too. Like 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 if somebody's like least favorite is somebody's favorite or uh, you know whatever. Like yeah. like it's not really like it's diversifying it, it's, your audience. It will. It's not. It's not really like like you can't. It's not split to so where people are like, what? How is that like your favorite? Because like it's like, oh well, yeah, I I I can understand why you would like that this much. It's just like. The, the amount of detail and the quality of
2: each of these songs yeah they know that good. they know what the hell they're doing at this point I think, yeah 10 years they're like you know if you write a song like, i'm cool with that i know what you're usually writing um lyrically and, and like as far as layering everything they kept that they kept those layers up of this track and this album
0: i think even if you dislike this album it would be near impossible to make the argument that they just didn't try (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like it just i guess objectively or as objectively as a music discussion can get they (laughs) they certainly tried you know they certainly put their effort in um and i have to commend them for that you know regard i mean i love this album but even if i didn't i have to respect the fact that they've made something so detailed and ornate and just something I hadn't ever heard before, frankly. Um, and after
2: six years off, I would certainly hope so. That's
0: that's the other thing. This is like a comeback album, and yep. Yep. Yeah, comeback albums are pretty it dang feels, hit or miss. It feels,
1: it feels like a, just a whole new page for yeah. like, what the band can be, and that's why like I don't know like going forward what happens, because it's yeah. like... It's the Rocky II of
2: folk music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what we've yeah. got: Revolver, powerful, Rocky. To... Like you going to keep going, Rocky. You're gonna you gonna stay at home and be a loser in Philly. Like what are you gonna do? Like
0: <laughs> I love it. Someone's been watching Rocky. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love
2: sure. it. Sure.
0: Um. Anyway. So, so we're at fifty, or just about at fifty. Um. You guys want to head into final thoughts? Anything else you wanted to talk about, real quick?
1: Uh, I didn't know that this was the first release on a uh, different label. I just read Ooh, this. I didn't either.
0: Oh, oh yeah! First release on Nun Such um, Records.
1: Non-touch. Yeah, they were on Sub Pop before.
0: That's right. Yeah, they were like I, when I thought of Sub Pop, I thought of Fleet Foxes.
1: Sub Pop. Yeah, Iron and Wine. Sub Pop has a lot of people. Sub Pop's a massive. Indie Beach. Ha-
0: uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Beach House. Yeah, Beach oh, House just on Sub Pop. Yeah, I'm pretty Mine. sure Shabazz palaces are on there, which is kind of random.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so Shabazz is on on them too. Father dynasty, things are happening right now for Iron and Wine, by the way. If you're a big folk fan, hey, well,
0: there you go.
1: But anyway, I guess that, that that just kind of like that that gives a whole new, that gives another just example of like this change that you can really sense in the band itself. I mean, they're on a new label. It's a minor thing, but it's also like not really because the dude I
2: do have to go through that whole. Yeah, it process yeah, think of the wiggle room a new studio gives you as, as a folk band you know because i'm sure on sub pop they have like you know certain criteria that they work by well i don't think so i think that
1: they're pretty they're pretty like they they signed some pretty eccentric groups like they're so there they have to be sub pop, is, sub pop is pretty good about being artistry over money if they signed up from yeah, the get go i would they have say Shabazz so. i mean like i don't think that they're 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 a pretty they're a strict group but what what mm-hmm. the, the point is is like like just that is is kind of ties into the whole like change that you can sense in the group itself is not what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it, it's probably it doesn't have anything to do with the label it has a, it it has to do with the fact that like that's just another thing that they did to change themselves. Okay. So that's, I was just pointing that out. It was kind of a in the, the little detail that I didn't yeah. see that I just saw. Cause I'm looking at genius right now. And
2: I'm just too critical of record companies. Mostly because of a called Quest.
1: There you go. <laughs> oh, All right, let's
2: do the final thoughts. Yeah, anyway, <laughs>
1: you give yours, Josh. Yeah. You're Or actually, first. do you want, you want,
2: maybe we'll, well, no,
1: you get yours first. You're our uh, guest. You yeah, Josh. You first. <laughs> we insist. Yeah. Okay. Very good.
2: Do your final thoughts. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> will. <laughs> <laughs> the final thought. Um, six years coming. I've been waiting a long time. And I'm very pleased with what I hear. Uh, not just as a fan of the group, but just as a fan of the genre. Um, I'm like where the direction they're going as far as taking folk. Because, uh, I mean folk music as old as the hills it's gotta go somewhere um but it's a it's a solid album every track has me enticed even the ones that have a slower pace start like I said earlier build into something else um but I, I was very pleased with this record I listened to it I think three times a day it came out um and it wasn't annoying by the end of it all so um, I'm very happy with uh, the direction they're taking. I hope there's more to come. I do. And um, this is one of the most talented bands I've ever listened to, as long as they've been alive. So cheers to them. And uh, congratulations. It's good to be. It's a good year for music. Absolutely. And this has definitely been worth the wait, I would have to say. But that's all I have to really say about this album at this point. Do You got a score for us? Is it score
1: time? Yeah, you can, yeah. Oh, we yeah. do our final thoughts and we score.
2: Yeah, sorry, oh, we yeah. forgot yeah. to mention that. Yeah. Right on. I give this. I give it a six out of ten. Dang. A six? I'll give it a six. Yeah, because uh, I mean, it wasn't like one that everyone's gonna remember forever. But for me, I get it met the mark, above the mark. It was. Uh, I, I like this one more than Helpless Is Blues even. Whoa. Yeah. Helpless is Blues was kind of like a low one for me as a Fox fan. But that's just like personal opinion my own reasons, and I don't have enough time on this podcast to get into those, but, <laughs> and I gave the last, uh, I gave the XX a 7, and we all gave them a 7, so I felt like that was like two a scores, so I'm being very critical <laughs> as yeah. a fan, Yeah, and I give them a 7 out of 10, just because I still like the first album the best, and Sun Giants, my favorite EP, like, of all time, but I thought this was a great follow-up, they're still big themselves, but they're still, like, searching for You know the next thing, and that's ambitious, and that's what you're supposed to do as a music group, I think, in today's day and age, to stay relevant. So, congrats to the Fleet Foxes. I hope they're popping that champagne in a (laughs) on their you know in their hammocks. (laughs) All (laughs) right. On their backpacking trips in probably Austria or wherever they are now, God knows. Probably in Memphis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> go to the Bass Pro. It's a pyramid. <laughs> All
0: right, Pat. Do you want to go or do I want to go? I can go. Okay. I. Uh, I'm.
1: I'm. I'm really happy that they decided to go with this level of ambition here because there was, like, it was, and the timing of this is perfect because they hit the they hit the mark, of of when people are still wondering when they're gonna put out an album but also like on the verge of like if they don't put something out soon i'm gonna forget about them
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, they're still pretty new i mean they've only they only put out two albums so they're they're still pretty new i mean they have a, the, the loyalty so i don't think that people would have forgotten if they if they would have waited 10 years people would have flocked to the album but it may not have been in uh, it may not have been as big of a deal because no. it, it might have been so long. All you would have had is the people that listened to him like ten years ago. Yeah, it, it would For have been start, just say. it would have been so the timing of it was really good. And the amount of growth of personal growth that you can hear in this record from Robin Pecknold's standpoint, from the musician's standpoint, is it's so apparent and so impressive like i i I just i have to point that out because it's that is the most impressive thing to me about this record is that this doesn't feel it doesn't feel just like another record it feels like a real growth like a real like you can sense a real personal growth in the group itself and i and i think that that is incredible how they captured excuse me, how they captured that. The stylistic choices that they made on this are great. I mean, there's, there's points that are like, there's, I mean, there's points that are like a little bit long, but like, there's not, there's, there's nothing about this that I, that I have. I don't have any, any serious issues with any part of this record. I think it's ambitious I think it's thoughtful. I think it's not pretentious. I think there's a lot of positives. I I I think that I think that they that they gave their full effort and they reaped like such a rewarding thing from this. And it's my favorite album cover too. Oh, I agree. I agree. This <laughs> is the, it's, it's it, it, Helplessness Blues was my favorite, and this is. So and and I think Fleet Foxes just keep getting better and better mm-hmm. with with each with each release. Um,
2: so, so that's anyway. the opposite of Josh. Just kind of it. A- well, I mean, I give him a six just because I wish they had like the same like amount of like harmony lyricism like, but they are you know. But that but they didn't like you can't you can't you I can't, can't. I can't I can't keep judging by the old stuff. If I could go back, I'd maybe give him like a seven and a half. Like six is very low. Well, we don't do half scores. That's good.
1: Because you, I mean, you, you you can you can give them a seven, but you can't give them a seven and a half. You can't judge off of off of like, off of the stuff that they don't
2: have in here, though. That's why I'm a guest you're on the show. To, I'm not a professional to... with these things. See, guys, I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm just hanging out. I'm just having, like I just didn't want to be like I didn't want to give them the same score as I did the XX like a few months back. <laughs> that's the only thing. Like, <laughs> I'm just Mr. Seven here. I'm sorry. Continue with
1: your. Uh, I don't. Recording. I don't even remember where I was at. What was your number? I don't. I. I wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me. Let me finish here. Ouchie. I Want to keep drinking? <laughs> let me finish here. The. Okay. So. The. Uh, yeah. The growth of this record is 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 the biggest thing here because folk music, and we said this earlier, can kind of stagnate into. This this overly poetic, pretentious genre sometimes, old. and 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 it can turn into more of like what Mumford and Sons turned into of it's just cool to like them because that's I mean it's just a stylistic thing instead of a instead of a real thing. But Fleet Foxes with this prove that they don't want to just be like a stupid little folk band yeah. that people like because it makes them feel like they're you know it it, it they it gives them it gives
2: them this feeling of I can of, listen to this while I listen to you know while I canoe and warm it. Yeah on your hat. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's it's it's
1: it's <laughs> it's less of that and it's more of a creative is a, a real creative centerpiece for what this group wants to be. And um, and I and I really respect that. I think that they did a great job with that. I'm giving this a nine. There you go. A
0: Hopefully. nine.
1: All right. Yeah. Oh all right. Um, my favorite track switch from song to song I it's one of the most gorgeous things I've heard in a few years damn um, and I yeah I really like this so I'm going to con, condone them and make up for some of Josh's score and give <laughs> them a 9
0: a 9 okay
1: you okay. <laughs> go right. so I'll flip Josh's score upside down
2: <laughs> yeah
0: turn the 6 the upside time. down
2: Your big christmas robin pecknold yeah
0: t- turn the 6 upside down it's a 9 now yeah so before I get into my final thoughts, I wanted to talk about the album cover also. Um, I like this. Yeah. So, two two really quick points. I guess three. One, great album cover. Two, look up the album cover for the Beach Boys Surf Up <laughs> and tell me it's not like similar. Not saying that's a bad thing. That's just the first thing I thought of. Three, the one thing with this album cover is... Okay. If it was just the image... I would love it that much more. But you have the image and then above it you have like the track listing and stuff. I think they should have just made it just the image. But that's just me. <laughs> that's Yeah, the, there you go.
1: That's it. I'm I just can, saying I, I this can, picture.
0: I'm just saying that that, that was my I, I had to get at uh, get that off my chest before I you know ended that this yeah but it feels it feels line.
1: it feels like a, it feels like a snapshot like a Polaroid almost
0: yeah yeah I can like, a like
1: it feels like a, it, it was like a painting at first honestly it, yeah I'm it, I think it is a painting yeah I think it is but it's it feels a, like a, <laughs> it feels like it feels like that's what it feels like to me I, I don't I, I can see why you wouldn't like why you would just want the image but I kind of like it I mean it's because it, cause it it gives a border to it, yeah. Ins- instead of just being like this, you know, just this picture, which happens like
0: that's true. That yeah, all true. the
1: time, all yeah. the time with, uh, with, with you know, with any record. So I kind of like it because I've never. I, it's very different,
0: though. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so yeah, Beach Boys surfs up. Um, <laughs> Fleet Foxes crack up. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. I had never even seen a shooting star before. Here we go. <laughs> I, I had to. Uh, I okay, could, I've,
1: this is uh, going to be really good. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. All right. So I've never heard an album like this. I just, I haven't. Um, this is, as I mentioned earlier, it's the most experimental folk record I've heard um, since the Microphones, uh, earlier material. Uh, to me, unlike, I guess, Josh, uh, Helplessness Blues is a rare 10 out of 10 album for me I thought it was an improvement on everything that the Fleet Foxes had done in the past with the exception of just like Innocence and Charm I guess, which, whatever um, so yeah, he said, oh, Hel- so Helpless yeah. as Blues is a 10 um, Crack Up isn't quite there uh, but it's you know pretty dang close um, obviously something like Impact and Influence are pretty difficult to predict given that this has only been out for like two weeks. But I hope and I think this could have some sort of... lead to some sort of folk renaissance, I hope. Um, This album, I think overall, obviously it's very complicated, very dense, so it's going to turn off a lot of people. Um, But that's kind of what I love about this project. I mean, not the fact that it's going to turn off people. I love that it's complicated and dense and interesting and layered. Um, and that's kind of the, the slight weak points are the points of the album to me that aren't as dense. like uh, songs that I enjoy, but aren't on that same level to me. like if you need to keep time on me or uh, Fool's errand, I thought was kind of, I don't think it's five minute length was justified. Um, but overall, <laughs> I think it's pretty brilliant, um, uh, one of the best all year. I also have a 9 out of 10. Nice. So, uh, Josh's score was a 6. The under the scope average, uh, you had to flip that 6 upside down to get a 9. That Um, is a 9 now. It's a 9 now? It's a 9. Um I'm actually I'm holding the record right now. I bought the vinyl record last week. Oh no. I was, was going
1: to say like this got to this got to make like a really nice looking
2: yeah. record. Dude, it is
0: it do. is thick pressing. You, you thought Helplessness Blues had awesome artwork on the inside. This mm. is amazing. Uh, like the, I got to send you all the like inner uh, yeah. you know the the liner notes and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. great yeah. stuff comes with a cool poster. Um but yeah, I'm holding the record right now. So obviously, I loved it enough to buy it. Um, great album, great album. Uh, it, it was very polarizing for people, but I'm glad we all liked it at least.
2: Um, yeah, 100%. I'm just very critical of this band. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, no, I'm I understand. Sure. It's one of the your favorite bands. Me, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being like a Nazi. <laughs> <more or less. laughs> a folk. A folk music Nazi, if you can imagine. You're being like,
0: like. I don't know, a Roman senator, let's say Cassius. You know, you're kind of acting that way toward the Julius Caesar-esque
1: album. For some reason, I feel like that that reference works really well (laughs) here. (laughs)
0: Um, So, yeah, that's our podcast. Uh, The next podcast Patrick and I will be doing is, as I mentioned earlier, a recap of the second quarter in 2017. We got to do our quarterly report. Because we are a very yeah. tight-knit business here, um, the first yeah, quarterly we report. We don't mess
1: around here. Yeah, we we gotta don't mess around. Sure we get that on deadline too. Yeah, we steer accounts a tight
0: playable,
2: ship. Accounts receivable, all that stuff.
0: All that uh, long-term assets. Um, mm-hmm. Are the first quarterly report we did. I thought was great. We tried it out, just to see if we would like it. We loved it, or I loved it, um, and so we're going to keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank and you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Josh, for yeah. coming on. Yeah. Sorry to, I almost forgot about you for a sec. Um, I was
2: thinking the listen, but thank you for thanking me. There you go.
0: Yeah. There that. you go. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. Um, thank you for coming on, Patrick. Thank you for coming on. Oh um, uh, yeah. I, we had to delay this a couple times, but that's okay because it's done now. Uh, Just one time. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Except we don't really like see you, I guess, because it's like an audio podcast.